Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 349 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. So when it comes to it, there are actually very few reasons why people kill. Different people, if you Google why do people kill, come up with slightly different reasons, but all on the same lines. And the one that always arises in any list is jealousy. And that is what we look at today in our story from Suffolk. But first, let's set some context for today's story with our guest a month and year game. Number one in the UK charts was Shotgun from George Ezra. Interesting, interesting is a stretch, but one fact about George Ezra is that my mum was a teacher and George was in my mum's class. There we go. In the US top spot was Cardi B, Bad Bunny and J Balvin with I Like It. And in Australia, the top album this week was Panic at the Disco with Pray for the Wicked. In the news this month, British divers discovered 12 boys and their coach alive in Thailand after being trapped for nine days by monsoon flooding. If you recall, Elon Musk would later have to apologise for calling a British diver involved in the Thai rescue, Pedo Guy, after widespread criticism and a fall in the Tesla stock price. I'm sure that like me, you were barely able to be comforted on hearing the news that Cheryl and Liam Payne announced they were splitting up after two years. British Brexit Secretary David Davis resigned over Theresa May's new softer Brexit policy, shortly followed by Boris Johnson, who was replaced as Foreign Secretary by that politician who just oozes charisma and fun, Jeremy Hunt. And in UK true crime news, 19-year-old Zeneral Webster was jailed for 17 years for the manslaughter of Joanne Rand, who died in June 2017, 11 days after he splashed her with acid. This case was the first acid killing in the UK. Is there a more cowardly way to commit a crime? So did you guess the month and year? It was July 2018. So close. Maybe next week. Or maybe not. Before we start, we have one advert today from my good friends at Canva. Creating visual content is an essential part of what I do as host of the UK's 37th most popular, non-award-nominated true crime podcast. But as you have probably noticed, the creative process hasn't always been easy, especially for me where design has never been a strength of mine. But as I now produce a weekly video and post at least two other pieces of design content a week, it is more important than ever that it's of high quality. And this is where Canva for Teams comes in with their templates and the way that everything on Canva is straightforward and intuitive as I like it. I'm particularly loving Canva whiteboards at the moment. It's a super easy way to capture your team's best ideas with loads of space to brainstorm and collaborate. So if you're producing content for your social channels or you've put off doing so, 
It can all seem a bit daunting, I get that. You don't have to wait any longer. Try it. Design and collaborate with Canva for Teams. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you go to canva.me slash truecrime. That's C-A-M-V-A dot M-E slash truecrime for a free 45-day extended trial. Canva.me slash truecrime. Lowestoft in Suffolk is the UK's most easterly settlement. It's 110 miles northeast of London, about 40 miles northeast of Ipswich, and about 20 miles southeast of Norwich. Traditional industries here were fishing, oil and gas, and tourism as a seaside resort, but the area has suffered economically in recent years. If you are ever in Lowestoft, keep an eye out for the captain. No, not the true crime one. Birdseye are still based there. Composer Benjamin Britten was born here in 1913, as was top DJ Tim Westward. Hmm, I think it's probably time to move on to the story. As usual, when the England men's football team were starting to come close to their potential, World Cup fever was growing in England. And on the 7th of July 2018, England were playing Sweden in the quarterfinals of the World Cup hosted in Russia. Win tonight, and they would be in the semi-final for the first time since Italy in 1990. 28-year-old Scott Tarrant had been out to watch the game in a pub with some of his pals. England won the match, triggering wild scenes of celebration across the country. Scott had arranged after the game to see his partner and the mum of his child, Rebecca Supple. They'd been having a difficult relationship for a while. They'd been together for seven years, but it had been very much on-off relationship, and when Scott hadn't turned up at 8.41pm after the football, she texted him saying, I hate you. And 48 seconds later, Rebecca texted another man, 24-year-old Stephen Butcher, and invited him around her house for the night, asking him to come and stay. Scott later texted Rebecca to say he was now free to come around, but she told him not to bother. So let's pause and look at the history between Rebecca Supple, Stephen Butcher and Scott Tarrant. Scott and Rebecca had a young child together, and Scott was also very much a father figure to Rebecca's other child, who was born just before the pair started dating. After this, their relationship developed further, and Scott and Rebecca moved into a house together, and all was going really well for a while. But then, just like in so many other relationships, things started to get tricky, to the point that their friends described the relationship as like a love-hate relationship, and it was really on and off. And one of the primary reasons for this was Stephen Butcher. Scott and Stephen were mates, and Stephen had gone round to Scott and Rebecca's house for drinks and for dinner. But there was an attraction between Stephen and Rebecca, and stuff happened. Stephen later said, She made it clear at the start that she was in love with him. I was seeing her more without him knowing, and over time it developed into more than friendship. He was oblivious to it. Rebecca and I went out for a drink with another friend and she invited me to stay the night on their sofa bed. She was meant to go upstairs to him, but there was some sexual contact and we fell asleep under a blanket. He woke us up demanding to know what we were doing, but we were both fully clothed and he accepted it and asked me to leave. 
He wasn't suspicious, and we hid it well. But Scott later found texts between the pair on Rebecca's phone, including one suggesting that Rebecca wanted to leave Scott for Stephen. Scott was understandably angry and made it very clear to Stephen that their friendship was over. This was crossing the line. And then in 2017, Scott and Rebecca split up when Scott discovered that Rebecca had lied to him about Stephen. She had told him that she was going away to Amsterdam for a few days for her mum and a friend. But it turned out that rather than her mum accompanying her on the trip, she in fact went with Stephen Butcher. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. If you want to cheat, it's up to you, isn't it? It's not my thing, but if it's yours, all the best for you. However, let me give you some advice. It's probably best not to allow photos of any trip you take with that person to be posted all over social media. But in this case, the photographs of Amsterdam with Rebecca and Stephen were all over Facebook, and of course Scott saw them. This was too much for Scott and the couple split. Scott was understandably angry, and Stephen described one incident that happened shortly afterwards. He said, He was very angry and said he had seen everything and that I was a dead man. He appeared outside my house gesturing towards me. He had his hand in his pocket and I thought he had a firearm, but I didn't actually see it. Following this breakup, Stephen and Rebecca got together and became a couple. But then Scott and Rebecca got back together again. But it was still very much an on-off relationship. And Scott had a real problem with his old so-called friend, Stephen Butcher. In a small community like Lowestoft, where the population is only about 70,000 people, it was hard for the two men to avoid meeting each other. And there were other clashes. Stephen Butcher later told of one outside a nightclub in the town. He said, I was at Faith Nightclub fairly drunk when a glass smashed in my face. I looked up and Scott was laughing at me. Later that night, I saw him outside his house, so I walked up for a piece of wood. I don't know why I picked it up. I was about to confront the person that glassed me, but I wasn't angry and I didn't intend to hurt him. He went into his house and came back with two kitchen knives about 10 to 12 inches long. It was all coming back to hurt me. Stephen said he ran off, but Scott caught up with him and held the knives to his throat and eye, telling him to stay away from Rebecca before slashing his arm. He said, Scott had just held a couple of knives to me. I didn't know what he was capable of doing. I didn't want to be anywhere near him, so I only saw her when she left the house. So this is some of the background leading up to the events of the 7th of July 2018. Getting back to the story, Stephen Butcher turned up at Rebecca's house at about 9.45pm. He too had been in the pub most of the day watching the football in a different pub from Scott Tarrant. But then at about 11, Scott also turned up at Rebecca's house, having had a number of drinks during the day. He started banging on the door, but Rebecca, inside with Scott's love rival Stephen, chose not to answer the door as she was still upset with Scott. Scott wheeled Stephen's motorbike away from the front door and into the streets where he pushed it over. Inside the house, Stephen saw this and he told Rebecca, If he's done anything to my bike, I'm going to fucking kill him. Before grabbing a kitchen knife and heading to the front door, Rebecca took the knife away from Stephen as he went outside and picked up the motorbike, where he noticed that Scott was hiding nearby behind some bushes. 
Stephen went back into the house where he picked up his keys, his crash helmet and the kitchen knife before heading back outside saying, I'm going to find him. Exactly what happened next is unclear, but a neighbour saw two men, Scott and Stephen, swinging punches out of his window and he dialed 999. He then saw one of the men lying on the ground and a man holding a crash helmet standing over him holding a knife. Rebecca sensed it was quiet outside and when she went out she could see Scott lying in a pool of blood. There was no sign of Stephen Butcher and she ran to Scott who was struggling to breathe. Rebecca rang 999 and she noticed that the sheath that had been on her kitchen knife, the one she'd originally taken from Butcher, lay on the ground nearby. Paramedics quickly arrived at the scene and rushed Scott to the nearby hospital in Galston. But tragically, his injuries were too severe and an hour later, Scott Tarrant died. He was just 28 years old. A post-mortem revealed that Scott had been stabbed nine times by Butcher with considerable ferocity. He was left with a 20 centimetre deep cut below his collarbone, which damaged his aorta and caused significant internal blood loss, as well as two cuts on his chest, three on his abdomen and three on his arm. He also suffered a collapsed lung and damage to his kidney and his liver. Scott Tarrant bled to death due to these injuries. His devastated family released the following statement. Scott was a fabulous son and brother who was always bubbly and able to find laughter in his life. He was also a fantastic father who adored his children. As a family, we've been ripped apart by his passing and know that he has left a void which will never be filled. After Butcher had stabbed Scott, he tried to leave the area on his motorbike, but he was unable to get it to start. Butcher was seen on CCTV going through a gap between two houses and a knife, which was later found to have Scott's blood on it and identified by Rebecca as hers, was found in a drain close to this area. At around 11.35pm, Butcher called a taxi and the driver recalled very clearly what he had told him on their journey. He said, he told me he just opened someone up. So I asked if he did anything on him and he told me he had put it down a drain. I asked if it was self-defence and he said he'd stabbed him eight times. So I told him he was looking at murder. A friend of Butcher's rang him in the early hours of the next morning and thought he didn't sound himself at all. Shortly afterwards, Butcher arrived at this mate's house in tears. He was a real mess. The friend tried to calm him down, and during their conversation, Butcher told him, I think I've killed him, and he mentioned Scott's name. From there, Butcher fled to his mum's house nearby, but the police were quickly onto him, and at 3.55am they turned up at his mum's house, where they found Butcher lying in the loft, covered in a variety of objects aimed at disguising him. Butcher, as we've heard today, was many things. A master of escape wasn't one of them. At his initial police interviews, Butcher denied everything. He said he wasn't at Rebecca's house, he hadn't attacked Scott, and even that his motorbike was stolen. But with the amount of evidence against him, he soon confessed that he had been there. He had attacked Scott, but he claimed it was self-defence. He said he'd been utterly terrified of Scott following the incident in the Faith nightclub that we heard about earlier. Detectives didn't believe him and thought he'd deliberately killed Scott and soon afterwards, Stephen Butcher was facing a jury at Ipswich Crown Court 
accused of the murder of Scott Tarrant. He pleaded not guilty. Butcher admitted visiting Rebecca Supple on the night of 7th of July, but he claimed that Scott attacked him with a knife. Arguing that he acted in self-defence, he said, He lunged at me and I grabbed hold of his wrists and held on firmly because my life depended on it. I moved the knife down towards his chest and pushed down. The knife went in, but there was no change in him. I don't think he realised. And if I didn't react how I did, he would be here today and I would be the one who was gone. I tried calling Rebecca after I left because I wanted to know if he was okay. I was in a complete state and in shock. A friend rang me and told me to come over because I didn't sound like myself. I got there and I was shaking. I explained something terrible had happened but I couldn't quite believe it. I didn't want to. He was trying to get it out of me and I said there was an incident and it didn't end well. When I heard he died it made me feel cold. It sent a shiver right through me. If I thought there had been any problems I would have left. Rebecca Supple had been due to give evidence in the trial but she claimed she suffered a panic attack and instead went to Amsterdam of all places. But she did manage to get over this and get to the trial and she gave evidence saying that Scott had thrown a glass at Butcher in a nightclub and attacked him with knives after the pair slept together following her breakup with Scott. She confirmed that they were rebuilding their relationship when the attack occurred. Jurors took just over three hours to reach their conclusion guilty. They found Stephen Butcher guilty of murder, for which the judge sentenced him to 22 years in prison. Butcher wept as the sentence was read out, tears of self-pity. The judge slammed the immaturity of Butcher throughout the trial and said, you have shown not a shred of remorse. He wondered aloud if Butcher had followed the driving ban he'd been given in January 2018 then Scott Tarrant might still be alive. The judge continued, There had been bad blood between you for some time and there was a threat of violence in which I judge you to be no more to blame than he. You were helmeted and armed, he was not. There was no doubt in my judgment in those moments you intended to kill him and you left him gasping for breath, choking on his own blood. During the sentencing, the prosecution revealed that Scott was actually a father to three children, not two as had previously been revealed to the public. The third child was not with Rebecca Supple and was born two weeks before he was murdered. His third child had never met their father and never will, due to the actions of Stephen Butcher. In court, the judge made a point of praising the family and friends of Scott for their enduring dignity over the course of what was an incredibly difficult trial for them. However, seeing Butcher found guilty did nothing to ease their pain. Scott's uncle, Glenn Anderson, said, It's not long enough. We are the only ones of a life sentence. His family have lost him for the rest of their lives. He was very well loved. He had a lot of friends, as you could see today. Scott was still young. He would have outlived us all. The senior investigating officer, Detective Chief Inspector Mike Brown, commented after the trial, This was a horrific and brutal killing inflicted by someone who was known to the victim. After being arrested, Butcher refused to acknowledge responsibility for his actions, denying visiting the home on Underwood Close, denying taking a knife from the property, and denying stabbing or fighting with Scott Tarrant. 
For such a dispute to get so wildly out of hand and end so tragically for Scott and his family and friends must be incredibly hard to bear. As an aside to finish, Butcher's mum also troubled the courts when her son was on remand. 44-year-old Leela Butcher was caught smuggling drugs into prison for her son, seven tablets of diazepam and some cannabis in a Kinder Egg container which had been secreted in her backside. She had two mobile phones hidden in a sock and a pouch of tobacco in her pocket. The trial heard how the following happened when Leela went to visit her son in the slammer. Upon arrival, Leela went to the toilet and of course there were drugs dogs there. There was a positive indication that tobacco was found in her pocket. She was taken to the police station under arrest and strip searched. The drugs were found secreted in her backside, which had plainly caused her some distress. Leela refused to answer questions in interview, but said she'd received a parcel through the letterbox along with a threatening letter. It said, get this to your son or else. She said she'd been threatened on social media and she hates getting mail through the door. She added, my house had been bombarded with flour and eggs and I was scared. She believed that her son was being bullied in prison and when she received the letter, she panicked. I was scared, but I didn't know what else to choose, she said. I just wish I did so many things differently. I thought I would keep quiet and try to deal with it myself. Her QC said she made a grave misjudgment, saying she pretty much lived an isolated existence during the currency of her son's proceedings. There is exceptional circumstances and the pressure she was under of various sorts during the period of this offence. But Leela hadn't mentioned any of this in police interviews and the judge said she was troubled by this mitigation. The letter never found its way to the police. It has not been examined and you didn't at any stage mention to the police these threats, she said. I'm unable to accept you are acting under a direct threat. But she did acknowledge the pressure she was under when she committed the offence, saying, It is clear you committed these offences at a time when your judgement was severely impaired. Leela Butcher was sent to prison for 20 weeks and banned from seeing her son in custody. So what do you make of what we've heard today? What a shocking story. Again, there must be so many similar situations that happen all the time across the UK and the world, which don't result in such terrible violence. When I reflect on the case, I'm really struck by one thing. There were so many opportunities for the attack not to have happened during the course of the evening. So many opportunities. Do you think that Butcher was terrified of Scott as he claimed? Or did he use the incident on the night of the murder as a chance to take his revenge on Scott? The evidence seems to point to the latter, as Butcher hadn't contacted the police to report any threats and he'd continued to text Rebecca and even gone to Amsterdam with her. In a small town like Lowestoft, that's a huge risk to take if you're really terrified of someone. I guess we'll never know for sure. And how about Rebecca Supple and her role in the events of that evening? When I read comments on this story, she comes in, as you can imagine, for considerable criticism for her actions which I think we can all understand. However, in her defence, it wasn't Rebecca who attacked anybody with a knife. However you may judge her actions at night, it was Stephen Butcher, and Stephen Butcher only, who attacked Scott with a knife taking his life. 
I imagine that Rebecca suffers on a daily basis for her actions that evening and she has to tell her children just what happened to their dad. But of course our thoughts are with the family and friends of Scott Tarrant, a father of three who lost his life at just 28 and for what? Stabbed to death in the street by a man jealous of him and his girlfriend and for this, all the future great times he would have shared with his family and friends have all been taken away. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss this story and any other aspect of UK True Crime, please head to Facebook and join the 91,000 of us who talk UK True Crime 24-7. It's many things, it's never dull. And to support the show, please do head to patreon.com for bonus episodes and loads of other exclusive content. A new full-length bonus episode is due to drop this week and a huge thank you to the latest members of this community. That's Kyra Conway, Ginger and Charm and Donna Simons. Your support is so much appreciated. To join us, just go to patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. Okay, so that's all for me for another week. So until we speak again on Tuesday, whilst I sit here alone in a dark room, shedding silent tears for again not being shortlisted for the British Podcast Awards. <laughs> Take a look at the shortlist if you get a chance and see, <laughs> and see if you can spot the key theme running through the nominations. Anyway, on that note, please do take it easy and remember, despite all the others, stay classy. Cheerio for now. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.